What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. What's up, everybody? Welcome to your waiver wire for Fantasy Week 6. Hope you're 5-0. and oh. Welcome to the show. It's Adam Azer, Dave Richard, and Jamie Eisberg here. And the injuries are the big story today. Man, a tough morning. The number four wide receiver in fantasy is going on IR, Justin Jefferson, according to Tom Pellicero. And the number three, believe it or not, despite, I think, what having one carry in his first two games, Devon Achan is the number three running back in fantasy, and he is reportedly going to miss multiple weeks. And that is, of course, going to have an impact on who you are picking up this week. Jeff Wilson could be back soon. He's pretty widely available. KJ Osborne as well. Welcome. And Dave and Jamie, I've said welcome to everybody except for you guys. Hey, guys, how we doing? Thanks a whole lot. <laughs> not very nice of you. Yeah. How you feeling, buddy? So not great, and I owe David Montgomery an apology. I think I took out my uh, frustration about being sick on him and my rant, my my weekly David Montgomery rant, which I think I'm done with. Um, I have COVID. I learned after the show yesterday, so I'm fine. <clears throat> Just kind of like a cold, really tired. But me and the kids, uh, I think my wife is probably like a day away from having COVID, is my guess. But we'll see if we can keep her from getting that but I will power through this so hopefully I won't miss any shows this week and hopefully I won't be too difficult to listen to this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Jamie, obviously the injuries play a key role here. So who are the top three priorities? Oh, boy. Um, I think you got to put Osborne at the top. You know, just based on his opportunity now, and he has done well whenever he's stepped in for either, uh, well, mostly Adam Thielen the last couple of years. But there is Jordan Addison and TJ Hawkinson now, so that puts a little bit of a damper on it. I'll probably go um, Amari DiMarcado next, just with the chance of James Conner missing some time. That's what Jonathan Gannon indicated for the Cardinals. And so, you know, we'll see with Keontae Ingram if he's able to come back from his neck injury. They added Tony Jones, but, you know, DiMarcado was at least the number two guy there last week and had 10 carries, 45 yards, and a touchdown at the Bengals, or against the Bengals, excuse me. And then I guess the third guy depends on what you need because you could be looking at still adding another running back, and Deontay Foreman, if Roshan Johnson doesn't clear the concussion protocol, would be the starter for the Bears, and that's hard to pass up. But now we have Jeff Wilson in the mix, and you're looking at his situation, which might be a long-term thing. I know Raheem Mostert's got an injury tag next to him. I think it's probably more maintenance than anything else. 
but clearly that's a 31 year old running back. And we talked about this on, on Sunday night, um, that if Jeff Wilson does have any semblance of a role, they are the number one rushing team in the NFL. So maybe you should prioritize Jeff Wilson over Deontay Foreman. Yeah. Well, did you mention like if Roshan Johnson's available, I know he's got the concussion. He would be the, the number two guy by far, if not the number one guy, you know, just looking at what his situation is. But again, you know, I, I don't know this, this James Conner injury and what that means for this Cardinals backfield, because Again, it, it, it feels as if there's going to be multiple guys touching the ball, but I would not be surprised if the Bears did the same thing. I can't imagine they're just going to say, Roshan, you're taking every snap. And Deontay Foreman, this has kind of been his MO, right? Whenever somebody's missed time, he's stepped up and done a pretty decent job. So he has that chance to do the same thing with the Bears. But it, it, it's pretty clear at this point, KJ Osborne should be the number one player added. And Dave, how do you feel about that? I agree with Osborne. I, I'm trying to get some conviction on which running back I like the best. And I, I think I'll land on Foreman over DeMarcado. Jamie said it. The Cardinals are going to use a bunch of different guys. And they're all average guys. None of them are going to be particularly great. But I think they like DeMarcado in that third down role. He's really been handling that role for them the majority of this season. So I'm not sure he'll be the featured running back. Foreman has a path, as, as narrow as a path as it might be, to being the feature guy this week and then being a good contributor for the Bears for the next three or four weeks. It sounds like Khalil Herbert could be put on IR. That would mean four games missed. The Bears have been using multiple running backs all season long. Here's some stats on Foreman. Last year, eight games with at least 12 carries. He had 11 or more PPR or non-PPR points in five of the eight. The year before that, five games with at least 12 carries, 11 or more non- or PPR points in four of them. So you put it all together, it's nine of 13 games where he got you at least 11 fantasy points. I, I think he's in that range, sort of, still. Obviously, he'd be there. Man, he'd be there for sure if Roshan Johnson misses this week's game against Minnesota. But Roshan will be back, and, and I would agree that Roshan would be the runner you'd rather have in Chicago. I also wouldn't rule out, and this isn't exciting at all, but Justice Hill, at least he's playing. And we know what his role is in Baltimore. He hasn't gotten you even 13 PPR points in a game yet this year, but he's getting high value touches. He's, he's more of a touchdown or bust type running back. Kind of miscast as a little guy in a big role. And, and those, to me, feel like the, the best of the running backs. I don't know if I said anything there that's going to stand out and make anybody say, oh, wow, that's the guy I've got to get. We gotta, I feel like we have to talk through it a little bit more, but it's really a mountain of trash that I, I can't feel good about. I, I'm not calling the players trash. I'm just calling the like the chances of them being great for your fantasy team as anything more than maybe one, two weeks. Just It doesn't feel that high. Well, so this isn't a good week to need a running back. I'm sorry if oh, you've got agent. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. We also have to talk about Savan Ahmed, who's yeah. healthy. He's not on IR like Wilson. I think Wilson's coming off of IR. But I'm not sure who's going to be that second guy behind Raheem Mostert. Oh, it's going to be Wilson. You yeah, think after so? what Medano said yesterday, it's going to be Wilson. Okay, so then if it's going to be Wilson, then he would be the priority over Ahmed. But it's still, I, I wouldn't be surprised if all three of them were used, with Mostert taking the majority of the work. Yeah, you're talking specifically about not being enthused about the running backs. We'd look at other positions, though, and maybe expand our minds a little bit to the shallower league guys. You might be able to get a Josh Palmer. You still can get a Josh Reynolds. He's 59% rostered, and mm -hmm. Jamison Williams is going to get slowly acclimated, but really unclear if he's going to really hurt Josh Reynolds much at all. Um, you might be able to find a, like a Logan Thomas, who's coming off a huge game and very targeted on waivers. Uh, there are some, maybe running backs not great this week, but man, if Roshan Johnson is available, that would be freaking awesome. Even if you don't get to use him this week, you know, it would be, it would be See, really that, that's beneficial. the, that's the interesting part about the, the bears is you never know with rookie running backs, how much they want to put on their plate, but there's obviously a reason why they've had Foreman on the inactive list. The last three games or last four games, excuse me. Right. Um, is it because they just don't want it? They didn't want to make him active for, you know, their special teams for, you know, other, other, other needs. And how much are they going to put on Roshan Johnson? If he is the lead guy, you know, and in, in, in terms of being, you know, the quote unquote starter. So I would, that's why for me, I would take a chance on DeMarcado first because of the potential of what he could be if he's the lead guy for the Cardinals. Like I'd rather really? take a chance on, on a lead guy where, where there's less uncertainty to me. There's less uncertainty. There's more There's more uncertainty in Chicago about Foreman being the starter than there is for me in Arizona. I think DeMarcado would be the lead guy because Ingram's hurt. 
You know, yeah. we just don't know if he's going to play. They talked like he or Gannon talked like he's going to be given a chance to play this week. Yeah, and he's not uh, that good. Like Keontae Ingram isn't that good. Wouldn't surprise me if DeMarcado was more effective on his touches. Uh, someone I asked just, here, and I and I, I don't want to talk about guys that are 91% rostered too often, but if you're in a 10-team league or you play on another website, if Zach Moss is available, is he priority number one? Yeah, yeah, for the short term, absolutely. Even you but these are all short-term running backs. I don't think any of these Well, no, I mean, if, if HN goes on IR, I, I, I think Jeff Wilson's got some potential. Again, we saw last year that they were using both those guys in tandem, and Wilson yeah. was out playing Raheem Mostert, who, who, again, for whatever it's worth, is showing up in the injury report. Um, and Foreman might be the best running back in Chicago if Khalil Herbert goes on AR. Uh, the Mercado might be the best running back in Arizona. You know. Okay. Herbert. When you say the long term, you mean more? How many weeks do you mean? Four. Well, I I, I think if we want to put Roshan in the conversation here, if he runs away with the job for the next four weeks, Khalil Herbert might have a hard time getting it back. Yeah, that I agree with. Do really? you see any other running back? In that kind of mold, is there a running back that we've talked about who could run away with the job for their team? I don't think run away with the job, but, you know, again, we don't know the severity of James Conner's knee injury. Mm -hmm. You know, as as Gannon indicated, might miss some time. We don't know the severity of Devon Achan's knee injury. Again, might miss some time. You know, we're getting a little vague answers from these coaches. Of course we are. So I don't think Zach Moss is going to be the the best running back in Indianapolis Mm -hmm. for maybe more than another week. All right, well, listen, sure. unless you're desperate for a running back, maybe you pivot to a different position this week here because it looks like, you know, like, okay, let's do this. Ready? If if a couple of weeks ago, Devon, or I guess three weeks ago, Devon Achan was a 10 on the Addo meter, and Jerome Ford even was a 10 the week before, Jaleel McLaughlin was probably like an eight. What is DeMarcado? Blah. I'd say a six. number. <laughs> you know, we, we, are, we are still talking about you just lose... Devon Achan, we don't know if Saquon Barkley's coming back. James Conner just got knocked out for however long. You know, it's it's tough. It's tough to find somebody that may get 15 touches. And and that's kind of what I would peg it at because James Conner hasn't exactly been getting a ton of work. You know, it's not like he's been getting 20-plus touches consistently. But again, you are looking at opportunity and playing behind or at least now replacing somebody who's got a pretty significant injury track record, you know, whether it's missing one or two games or, as we saw a couple years ago, missing several games. So I don't know how long this could last for – the scenario in Arizona, uh, Dave, Dave alluded to this, if they put Herbert on IR Foreman, if he does take advantage of this opportunity could end up being a number two running back. And then Jeff Wilson, who knows, you know, this, this is the best rushing attack. Again, most of it is a chance, but this is the best rushing attack in the NFL right now. Uh-huh. And so you're putting Jeff Wilson in that role where last year in tandem with Raheem Mostert, he was a borderline number two running back every week. Mm-hmm. So, those are the guys that we're talking about here. So I, I don't think it's like I don't need these guys or I don't think they're going to be successful. They're not to the same level like you talked about. Adam. They're not tens, but they're still very, very viable. One last thing. What do Wilson and Foreman have in common? Um, they're along with Joe's stone crabs. I have no idea. Fresh legs. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that that's a selling point for both Wilson and Foreman. I was going to say it for Foreman, and then I realized, well, wait a minute. Jeff Wilson hasn't done anything, so sure, he's got fresh legs too. Yeah, I think I believe the the injury, it's a rib abdomen yep. injury, I think is mm-hmm. what put him on IR. Mm-hmm. So it's more, I'm, I'm guessing, a pain tolerance thing at this point. Okay, news and notes, catch up on the other stuff. So as mentioned earlier, Tom Pellicero reporting that Justin Jefferson expected to go on IR. And before we get into the rest of it, how do you guys feel about Kirk Cousins in this stretch? Gets this dream matchup with Chicago in week six. Then it's San Francisco, Green Bay, and Atlanta. Those are not easy matchups. Then New Orleans. Uh, wait, do I have the right schedule here? Um, yeah. I think uh, so. New Orleans looking definitely at? week 10, yes. And then Denver and Chicago, and then a bye. So uh, anyway, Cousins without Jefferson, we have really no sample size of this. Jefferson's never missed a game. Uh, is he still going to be a top 12 quarterback for you guys? He's in the mix for me this week with uh, Matthew Stafford, who I actually like a lot. Uh, Geno Smith, Brock Purdy. Like, he's he's fallen to that group right now with those guys, with Jefferson missing and the guys that he's relying on. Look, he still has really good weapons. You know what I mean? You know, to say, okay, you lose Justin Jefferson, that stinks. But you still have a very good tight end. You have, you know, a very good young receiver in Jordan Addison. And K.J. Osborne, I don't think, is that terrible. So, plus the volume that he'll get. 
So it's not the high-end Kirk Cousins, but he can still get you 22 points. I don't think that's out of their own possibility. I hope at this point, though, the Vikings are saying it's time to tank and let's see if we can get a high draft pick because there is not a better scenario in my mind than Caleb Williams going to Minnesota. He gets his former teammate in Jordan Addison. He gets the best receiver in football in Justin Jefferson. It's going to be a, it's a franchise that's proven to be invested in making this team better. It's not like one of these terrible teams. So I, I still like Kevin O'Connell as a coach. Uh, if I'm the Vikings, I'm on the phone with every team that needs a quarterback. And if, if Atlanta is listening, pick up the phone, take Kirk Cousins, offer a second round pick, that might get it done. Okay. Uh, let's see what else we got. Khalil Herbert, <laughs> Devon Achan, James Connor, Austin Eckler, and Saquon Barkley. We don't know. We figure probably Eckler, better, I would better assume chance, is playing. Right, better yeah, chance for Eckler. Yeah, we, we ranked Eckler. Okay. Sounds coming off the bye. Should be optimistic that he plays. Uh, Daniel Jones, optimism that he'll be able to lose this week to Buffalo. Anthony Richardson could be out four to six weeks, but they haven't really said that. They just said he's missing this week, but it could be out for a little while with the shoulder injury. Deshaun Watson missed week four, had a bye, and did not practice coming out of the bye. So he is not a certainty to, to play this week against San Francisco. I'd really be looking forward to that game. I wouldn't be looking forward to that matchup, but I think Cleveland-San Francisco would be a good one if uh, Deshaun Watson plays. Javante Williams. Now, Javante and Travis Kelsey, they play on Thursday, and Williams was listed as limited. Kelsey was listed as a do not practice. So I have brought this up on Sunday and Monday. Let me bring it up on Tuesday. Can the Travis Kelsey manager just assume that Kelsey is playing or should he or she make alternate plans? Have a backup ready to go. Yeah, definitely make alternate plans. I mean, yeah. look, the there's two guys that are pretty available right now, Dalton Schultz and Logan Thomas, that you might not want to – you might just want to have on your team just in case that could become trade chips. <laughs> but I would imagine you get to Thursday, Noah Gray's got to be available. So desperation play, you could just try and <laughs> – make that happen as ugly as it was in week one. Who knows? I feel like he led the team in receiving in week one or something like that. Uh, He might have. (laughs) Or or routes or something like that. I don't remember. Uh, Let's see. What else? Tank Dell. We didn't talk about Tank Dell. He's got the concussion. Zay Jones, knee injury. Two Buffalo tight ends uh, are banged up. Dawson Knox has a wrist injury, and Dalton Kincaid is in the concussion protocol. But their defense. So there, there's an interesting one there because, and, and this kind of ties into Roshan Johnson because we saw it with Luke Musgrave. He suffered a concussion in week four on Thursday, cleared the protocol in time for week five. Every other player that suffered a concussion on a Sunday has missed the following Sunday. Now, again, Musgrave played on Monday, but they cleared the protocol in time. So just keep that in mind with the investment that you're making in Deontay Foreman. Like, don't go crazy with Fab on him. And then we find out we get to next, we get to Sunday, week six against Minnesota that Johnson's cleared and good to go and could be the lead running back there. Well, yeah, I thought you were going to say Dawson Knox because if Knox plays... No, no, no. Well, I was just, I was just kind of making... With, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that made me bring it up. No, uh, but if, if you're looking not, at Dawson Knox, right. it's if, if the wrist injury is not serious, he's going to be in the mix as a borderline number one tight end. Right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Detroit... Oh, but Bill's defense... Uh, Matt, Matt Milano and defensive tackle Daquan Jones, they're out indefinitely, perhaps for the season. Detroit cornerback Emmanuel Mosley towards ACL, right? He did, that out sucks. for the year. It's two years in a row. Um, safety Marcus May for the Saints is back this week. Uh, suspension over, and that's bad news for C.J. Stroud. Dallas linebacker Leighton Vander Esch could miss four to six weeks with a neck strain, and Jets right tackle Elijah Vera Tucker. It turns out he did tear his Achilles, which is just terrible, and he's did out you, for Did you know season. that he played a play on yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. That's why they didn't think he tore it. Yeah. yeah and unbelievable. Sorry to hear And it. you know the irony of it, right? He got hurt in Denver last year. Yeah, the yeah. same game that Brees Hall suffered his uh, his ACL tear. He tore his kill. He uh, tore his bicep. We had a really good. It's bad, bad for the Jets. Really bad for the Jets. Yeah, he's their best lineman. We had a really good Achan versus Brees Hall debate yesterday. Rest of season, of course. It's now people are going to take Brees Hall. But before the Achan news, who would you guys have taken rest of season? Achan. Yep. Okay. Uh, let me tell you about Morning Buzz. All right, like there's a lot going on right now. I unfortunately have watched probably less than an inning of postseason baseball, so that stinks. I'd love to be watching it, but if you missed some of the action while you were sleeping, check out Morning Buzz on CBS Sports HQ. Your day, your sports day, starts here. Highlights from all the top games and leagues. Catch up on storylines and social buzz. Jump in and jump out. Morning Buzz runs all morning, starting at 9 a.m. And get it all for free on the CBS Sports app. It's a perfect way to start your day, really. 
All right, how much fab are we talking this week, guys? Uh, actually, before we do that, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about fab. We'll talk about the top three at each position. I'm excited to talk about Matthew Stafford, 66% rostered, so just misses the, the cut, but I'll make an exception for him. But we'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, uh, we've got fab talk here, top three at each position. We'll get to the shallow leagues, the deep leagues, Monday night football game, which is a pretty good game. 17-13 win for the Raiders. Uh, but what? I thought it was a good game. <laughs> your, your brain is foggy, my friend. <laughs> you didn't think it was a good game? Why not? It was not a good game. Why? The first half was god-awful. Jordan Love looked lost again. I mean, that was not a fun game. I mean, it wasn't that fun because we're conditioned to only like high-scoring games. But it was pretty dramatic down the stretch, and there were some big plays and a bad sure. coaching decision. I'm sure. Fine, it was an entertaining it. game. Josh McDaniels with a bad coaching decision? No way. That, that was a great interception on the last play of the game. I mean, mm-hmm. that, was, that was drama, Jamie. I'm sorry they can't all be... What was a good no, game last you can, week? You can have... You can have a good ending. The game itself was terrible, though. I like that. Right. No one's going to go back and watch that game again. I'm certainly not. Okay. Uh, anyway, how much fab this week for some of our favorites? Not much. Um, I think Osborne, you can go maybe up to 20. Yeah. In your receiver. That's about the extent of it. And and again, you know, Superflex 2QB leagues, uh, Minch is going to go for quite a bit. Do you think Wilson pulls a heavy price tag just because he's a Dolphin? Um, I think it's going to be tough to justify that because of where his sure. status is right now, you know, not knowing okay. that he's going to play. And, and look, we're saying Jeff Wilson, Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert's still there. It's not like he's walking into this unbelievable role. He's still walking into a timeshare. Sure. But I think the, the public just wants a Dolphins running back now. I think everybody understands that no one can do what HN can do as far as these breakaway runs, certainly not Jeff Wilson. But I wonder if the general public will race toward Wilson and maybe even Ahmed too, and put more fab than they need to on those guys. I wouldn't do it. I don't know if there's a running back. I, I, I think it really depends on how desperate you are for a running back. Right. And whether or not you'd go even double digits in fab for any of these I guys. I think people, you know, look, if you're if you're two and three or one and four and you are you don't have a running back and you need DeMarcado or Rocha or uh, Deontay Foreman, there is risk, Foreman. as we've been saying. But right. uh, how much are we talking here? I mean, 15? Yeah, like I wrote in the, in the column. 10, 10 to 15 tops. Yeah. You know, it, we, especially since there's so much uncertainty of like Connor could return next week for all we know. Yeah. You know, you know, Gannon said miss some time. It could be a two week absence, you know, and then, and then he's back. And, you know, as Dave alluded to, you know, Her- Herbert might be a, um, an IR candidate, you know, high ankle sprains aren't great, but if he's back in two weeks and then what does that mean for, for Foreman? So I, I wouldn't go crazy with it. If you want to talk about matchups for Amari DiMarcado, uh, the Rams, they're ninth against running backs. They did just lose Bobby Brown for a while, one of their defensive linemen. I think he's, I think he's uh, like a run stuffer. Do you, does anybody know that? <clears throat> um, I, he I, is okay. They they use him that way. 
they faced some pretty tough competition. They faced Ken Walker, McCaffrey, Joe Mixon, Zach Moss, DeAndre Swift. And they've done pretty well the last three weeks against Moss, Swift, and Mixon. They all had 17 to 19 carries for 65 to 70 yards. So that's not bad. I don't know if the Brown injury is really going to change anything. But on paper, it doesn't look like an easy matchup for Amari DiMarcato or Deontay Foreman or whoever's starting this week. The Minnesota Vikings have been, other than the Swift game, I talk about this a lot. They were terrible against DeAndre Swift because the way they were playing defense, they have been phenomenal against the run. Rashad White, Josh Kelly, Carolina running backs, Isaiah Pacheco, he scored, but he had 16 carries for 55 yards. So uh, this is, looks like actually a pretty damn good run defense. So that's another thing working against you uh, if you want to pick up DeMarcado and, and Foreman. I'm not saying that, that you can't start them, but they don't have easy matchups. Uh, if Josh Reynolds is still out there, how much fab are you putting on him? Uh, not too much because if St. Brown's back, then you kind of know what Josh Reynolds is. He's a potential number three receiver. He's 28th how much overall you, right now. How much would you put on Josh Downs? Five. 5%, 6%. Yeah, whatever I mean, you would put on Downs, put it on Reynolds and... I guess prioritize Reynolds if you need a guy this week, Downs if you need a guy rest of season. All right. Uh, so, even rest of season for Downs, like his best games have come with Minshew. So will that continue when Richardson's there? Well, that's the short-term, long-term question again. Right. So I just want to uh, say, I don't mean this to be critical of, of either of you guys, but from what I've seen, all of us, we probably say don't spend that much fab and then we look at our teams and maybe we feel a little desperation. And at least, I, you know, I find myself sometimes I have to put more fab on a player than I want to. So I think whatever we say in terms of how much fab to put on, I think you should expect a lot of these players to go for more. They pretty much always do, at least in a 12-team league, maybe not in a 10-team league. Uh, but yeah, that's, it happens every week. No, that that's absolutely fair. And, and, you know, we have to sort of be vague with this because – at least I know I do when I when I write the story. Like I can't address. Here's what you do in ten team leagues. Here's what you do in twelve team leagues. Here's yeah. what you do in fourteen. Leagues. You know, it's just it's it, the column would be seven miles long. Um, it's it's obviously depending on your needs. You know, if you're as Dave just alluded to, long term, short term. If you're four and one, five and zero, oh, Josh Reynolds for a week probably doesn't help you unless you're stuck. But Josh Downs might. You know, Jeff Wilson may not help you this week, but in three weeks from now, Devon Achan's on IR and Raheem Mostert, again, 31-year-old guy, already starting to deal with some injuries. That might be a huge asset in a few weeks. You know, yeah. so there, there are a lot of things that are at play here. So, yeah, you have to just judge it for what year is. We're just giving you sort of uh, a gauge of how we would. And since we don't have a, a clear-cut RB that we like ahead of the rest, like you can make the case for Foreman, you can make the case for Wilson, you can make the case for DeMarcado, you can make the case for Justice Hill. There's four running backs. You could put the same bid on all four of them. You'll probably get one of them. <coughs> so I don't think you need th – this isn't like when Ford or Achan were out there and we initially were real low on our fab bids. I was anyway. I I, I laugh at it now that I think about it. But I, I don't think that there's another Achan or Ford in this group. And so I don't see a reason to go – you know, 30% on any of these guys. And that's a crazy number, especially when I can put in, if I really view them all as just guys that are stop gaps, maybe I get two or three weeks of them starting. I, I, I can get away with 15%, even if I really need a running back on all four of them, just, and I'll get one. And that'll be the guy I use. Yeah. I, I think if other than Johnson, Rashawn Johnson, I think Jeff Wilson is the guy who could be the big impact player. It's, it's going to take, Probably a Mostert injury, but I just think back to last year. I wouldn't even say that. I just think back to last year. And the second they traded for him, they split the snaps. It's the first week that they traded for Jeff Wilson. And then I do right. think he was kind of taking over there a little bit. I don't think that's going to happen this year. Mostert's been too good. But just attaching yourself to this offense and seeing that these Dolphins running backs don't need a lot of touches to have a big impact. So if you don't need anyone for this week... You know, I'm personally, if I'm picking these guys, like I know DeMarcado is a short-term thing. I know Deontay Foreman is a short-term thing. I think Deontay Foreman is a short-term thing. I absolutely, if I don't need a running back this week, am prioritizing Jeff Wilson. Makes sense. I like it. All right, let's look at our top three at each position here. And Jamie, you can start. Who are our top three quarterbacks? If you want to maybe do a top four, we can throw Stafford in there because he's 66% rostered. Usually go on 65% as the threshold here. So who are the top quarterbacks? I don't want to discuss Matthew Stafford at all. Um, Why? Because when, 
I just don't discuss it. We're discussing it <laughs> quite a bit later this week. Um, oh, uh, or um, <laughs> for yeah, Stafford, if he's available, go get him. Um, in terms of the uh, the other three guys that I have in the column, it's not exactly the best list. So Gardner Minshew, uh, Josh Dobbs, and Tyrod Taylor. Those are the only three quarterbacks that I could find that have some relevance to fantasy managers this week that are widely available. So Minshew, we know um, how much time is Richardson going to miss. And it's the revenge game this week against the Jaguars. The schedule after this is horrible for him. But it's uh, it's not it's not bad to pick up somebody that you can use as a, at least a starter in a one-quarterback league if you're desperate. And 2QB and Superflex leagues, Minch is a definite starter this week. Uh, for Dobbs, I don't want to look at last week's game and say he's completely done. He did throw for two touchdowns. It's the first game that he had an interception. He also lost a fumble. And it's the first time since week one that he failed to run for at least 41 yards. So I hope that he gets back to using his legs because that's a big part, I think, of what his fantasy value is. And it's not an awful matchup against the Rams. And then for Taylor, look, it's it's a joke what the Giants look like right now. But you're still talking about a guy in super flex with two QB leagues. Anytime you can find a starting quarterback, you should add him. Yeah. Derek Carr, any interest in him against Houston? No. No. I, I'd put Baker Mayfield ahead of Terod Taylor, especially since we don't know if Taylor will play. Um, you could put Baker Mayfield in in that situation if he's available in two QB or Superflex. I'm not trusting Baker Mayfield in one quarterback league, so that's why I wouldn't put him in the column. No, I'd put him behind Minshew and Dobbs as well. But and then there shouldn't be a mad rush for any of those quarterbacks in one QB leagues. The only quarterback that's on by is Jordan Love, who might start getting dropped after how he's played the last two games. Uh, yeah, I have him in the column as a drop candidate. <laughs> Well, you're forgetting about a pretty big revenge game here. Jimmy Garoppolo against the terrible Patriots. Oh, it's not a bad one. I mean, they're awful. <laughs> they, have, they have yet to allow 20 points to a quarterback this year. But they're bad. They also, I mean, though, no Gonzalez first game and without the two, the two key defenders, and it was against Derek Carr. Right, and Carr had his best game by far, best fantasy game. Yeah, I'm going to add him. That's a good call. Let's go. Good uh, job, Adam. All right, thank you. You know, you know what? I, I, did, I did the quarterbacks <laughs> before the game last night, so... Fair. I probably forgot about Jimmy G. All right, Dave, who are the top? <laughs> let's let's just do the show over again. Who are the top three running backs? <laughs> Should I just give names or yeah. what? Like, yeah, just give like, names. How about, there, there's no reason to give other running backs that we haven't talked about okay. yet. Fair. Go. Is there? Oh, other That's running what you backs? Want? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said there was. No, I there, I can, you I know can give you some names of like, like a deeper cut. Of do whatever back. the hell you want to do right now, Dave Richard. I don't feel good about any of this. <laughs> I don't feel good about talking about Samaj P. Ryan or Antonio Gibson or Chuba Hubbard. They're, they're available just in less than 50% of leagues. How about this? Let's talk long-term because not everybody needs a running back right now. And this is a good week that you can still stash a guy who's got some long-term appeal for a few bucks of fab or for a waiver claim that resets every week. Keaton Mitchell, I've been talking about him for a long time, 78% available. Jordan Mason, for now, looks like the backup in San Francisco. He'll get opportunities and blowout wins for the 49ers. He's 97% available. And then Ronnie Rivers, and I might put Rivers at the top of this list just because he's the running back behind Kyron Williams in L.A., 72% available. These are stash candidates. These are guys that you can go pick up, See what happens over the next couple of weeks, and hopefully you're beating the waiver wire with them. I wouldn't drop players that you could potentially start for them at other positions, but guys, if, if there's a receiver or a tight end on your bench and you just know you're never going to start them, you might as well punt on those guys and go get one of these running backs and hope that they turn into a winning lottery ticket. Okay. Um, Chuba Hubbard, though, is actually kind of interesting to me because Sanders has been so bad, and they're basically splitting 50-50. It's true. You've, the last two weeks, Hubbard's played more snaps. Mm-hmm. Do you feel any appeal there, or is it just going to be a messy situation? So, do you want the guy who is expected to be the backup on a bad team? <laughs> like it's <laughs> right. Uh, it, it's. I think if Sanders was sat down, benched, injured, then you have mm-hmm. you make a case for Hubbard. If they're splitting time, like Hubbard hasn't done much with, he's got eleven point eight PPR points in the last right. two games, yeah. despite getting more work. So, yeah, I don't know if I want to take a chance on that. Like, okay, how many how many points? Say that again. 11.8 in the last two games. Of the running backs we talked about earlier, Foreman, Wilson, Hill, DeMarcado, how many of those guys do you think can reliably get more than that this week? Oh, no. All of them. Well, can or do I, or would I project to? They could, like, yeah. I, I would say that Foreman, especially if there's no Roshan, he could get there. Wilson, he could get there. Justice Hill, he's barely gotten more than that when he has played this year. DeMarcado, Maybe he could. 
like you can make the case that Hubbard in a part-time role playing from behind against a Dolphins team might be just as good as those other guys for this week only. All right. Again, I would only do that if there's no Miles Sanders. Let's move on here, guys. Uh, Best wide receivers, Jamie. Who are the top three? Osborne's number one. You know, again, just looking at the opportunity for ever many weeks, uh, Justin Jefferson's going to be out. It's at least four. Hopefully it's not more than that, but you never know. Uh, Then I go back to Reynolds, you know, again, with the potential of what Amara St. Brown's absence could lead to if he's out another game, but he's had some good standalone value on his own. Josh Downs will be third. And that's a lot of speculative guys, but I think Raji Rice becomes the fourth option for me if you want to add a fourth guy there. But uh, I think it's Osborne one, Reynolds two, and Downs three. Dave, top tight ends. We haven't really talked a lot about the tight ends here. Who are your favorites? We have not. Logan Thomas, 72% available. Love the volume that he got on the Thursday night game. I don't think you can count on him for touchdowns every week, uh, but I think that this offense, it's pretty clear that they're spreading the ball around and that tight ends are a big part of it. He's my favorite of the group. Dalton Schultz has given you good numbers the last couple of weeks. Tank Dell's not going to play this week with the concussion, we think. And he's just he's starting to play the role that we thought that he would play uh, when we were talking about him before training camp opened. So I like seeing that from him. Jonu Smith, another game with double-digit PPR fantasy points. Tyler Coughlin's right behind him. I gave you four names instead of three. Sue me. So who was your first one? Thomas? Logan Thomas. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is he for uh, Dave? Uh, Dave has Thomas. Jamie has Schultz as number one. Are yes. either of these guys more valuable than any of the running backs this week to pick up? <clears throat> um, I don't know if I would say they're more valuable, but you can certainly make a case that if your team is not in need of a running back, then this is a better position to go after. And and if you're not sold on, oh, Dallas Goddard's back, Darren Waller's back, Kyle Pitts is back, George Kittle's back. That's not bad to roster two of these guys, but you know, at this point you can drop Don Kincaid, you can drop Hunter Henry, you can drop Tyler Higby, you know. So these are guys that are rostered in 60% of leagues or more. And then just you want to carry a second tight end. Uh Schultz has, you know, the ability to hopefully build off this, especially with Tank Dell's injury. Logan Thomas, as we saw last week, if he could stay healthy, great game from him. So those two guys I, I think are worth keeping an eye on. Okay, Jamie, who are the DSTs and the kickers that we're streaming? This is not an act, a very pretty group either, but uh, you can look at the Falcons, um, again, taking on the Commanders and how that offense has looked uh, for a couple of weeks now um, with sacks and, and turnovers. Um, the Texans, I think you can buy into not necessarily Derek Carr being all the way back and not necessarily looking at last week as indication that he's healed. Their defense has gotten better the last couple of weeks. The Rams, uh, with what they get against the Cardinals, now down James Conner, so like that situation, especially if Josh Dobbs is going to get turnover prone. And then the Raiders. I mean, they're facing is uh, a historically bad Patriots team that has struggled to score the last two weeks. And the kicker's uh, Fairbairn. I'm surprised he's still under the threshold. He's been awesome so far this season. Um, Blake Group has actually had a very nice year so far. I don't know if anybody's paid attention to that, but he's been double digits fantasy points three games in a row. Cameron Dicker off his bye and Jason Myers off his bye. Both those guys are certainly relevant. Dave, are you down with IDP? Uh, the names I have so far, Darius Williams for Jacksonville. Like not only has he gotten some decent tackle production, but he's defending passes. He has an interception in each of his past two games. Uh, Cam Taylor Britt has been okay production wise. I can give you a couple more. I'm looking for a defensive lineman that might be able to help people. I'm struggling a little bit there. So I'll give you a name later. You're not, if Devon Witherspoon's available, go get him. He's looked great. Uh, yeah, well. It's not facing Daniel Jones this week, but all right. Shallow leagues. Who are the guys in shallow leagues? Jamie, you can start here. Uh, other websites, 10-team leagues, whatever. These guys might be available. Uh, at quarterback, you obviously heard Matthew Stafford's name mentioned. Um, I'd go check Geno Smith if he was dropped coming off his bye week. I know he hasn't had a great season so far, but I think he's going to still be fine. And then Sam Howell, if you're desperate, get, granted he's turned the ball over quite a bit and had some, some sack concerns, but... He still scored at least uh, 21.6 fantasy points in three of his last four starts. And we'll see how this Falcons defense holds up. So not the best, but still decent enough. Uh, running backs are definitely more interesting when you have Roshan Johnson and Tajay Spears available. Spears has actually outproduced Derrick Henry in two of the last three games. And he's had more playing time than Henry in two of five games already this season. So who knows what's happening there. But still, Tajay Spears should be rostered. Same with Zach Charbonnet. He's at 71% rostered. At receiver, you already mentioned Josh Palmer. That's certainly somebody that you want to have on your team coming off his bye. I guess people dropped him. And you brought this up, uh, I believe, over the weekend or at least leading into maybe his mailbag. 
Uh, Deontay Johnson, now's the time to go get him before there's a mad rush next week. 68% rostered, so they're on their bye. Not a lot of people looking at him. Um, the tight ends, I, I think you, you look at Schultz and uh, and Tolkien Thomas as, as two of the top guys, but Cole Komet should be ahead of those guys. He's only at 80% rostered, and he's had a nice stretch so far with the way Justin Fields is playing. Cole Komet should 100% be at it. Okay, Deontay Johnson being 68% rostered, if he's available, is he the number one pickup? Yeah. Um, not the number one pickup, but he should definitely be, be added for sure. Because again, you know, we, we, we have to Kenny Pickett struggle a little bit and you still don't have a weak return. There's no guarantee he's playing in week seven, you know, so just keep that in mind. You know, he's still got another potential hurdle to clear. So should he be added? Absolutely. The number one guy? No. Okay. And then the you might be able to add him. And if he doesn't get activated off IR, if you've got the IR spot, well, I guess he's already. If he's not available, if he's not right, right. if he really has IR spots, he's not going to be That doesn't make sense. Yeah, you're right. So I I would still put him ahead of Osborne, thinking rest of season. Okay, so shallow leagues or deep leagues, Dave, who are some deep league guys? Which position? Whatever. Well, I already gave you a bunch at running back, so let's look at wide receiver. Downs is going to be at the top of the list for me. Well, Osborne, because he's 82% available. Downs would be after him. If, uh, well, I'm not going to say Trent Irwin. I think he's a week-to-week guy, and once T. Higgins comes back, he turns to dust. Wandale Robinson, I think he's healthy, 83% available. That's PPR only. Okay, we, we should also talk about Vikings receiver Brandon Powell. Because Osborne's definitely going to step up, and, and he should be the guy. And, well, Addison will be the guy. Osborne will be second. But this is going to be their slot receiver for the next four games at least. And he's available everywhere. Could be a, a like a cheap foundation of 10 PPR points from game to game with a chance to score. He's going to get an opportunity to play in that offense as a slot guy. And he's out there in every single league. Okay. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, talk about that classic from last night, Las Vegas and Green Bay. And then we'll talk about the dropometer and give you some more names for your waiver wire. Whew. All right, we'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back, everybody. Las Vegas. Am I going to go to hell for laughing at how you sound? I need to blow my nose. It's like... I said, I, I'm just going to do the rest of the show like this. It's going to be really great. I, I, I don't want to laugh. I know you have COVID. <laughs> I know you don't feel well, but I'm I'm kind of laughing. I was him. thinking about this. Like Football players obviously get COVID. So what do they do? They, they, they clearly don't leave the facility. They, they don't quarantine or anything. They just, and how does like everybody not get it? I don't, I don't, I don't get, I don't understand. There's no COVID policy anymore. Really? I feel like, you there's know, not. If I, I think we should talk about the Monday night game. If I as bad as office, it was, I'd rather talk about that right now. No, I'm not, it's not a criticism. I'm just, I'm just confused. Like, what happens when a football player gets COVID? I guess nothing. All right, fine. Las Vegas 17, Green Bay 13. That's, this is going to be a fun round of criticism for me. Uh, and, yeah, what were your takeaways? How about let's start with Romeo Dobbs having one catch on four targets. Uh, is the fun over for Romeo Dobbs, or is this just like a week-to-week dartboard thing i mean it was it was frustrating you know especially since he had 25 targets the previous two games jordan love looks lost right now you know i mean he he was he was kind of getting by with some touchdown production the first couple of weeks you thought okay christian watson back aaron jones hopefully back that didn't happen but he needs to have a run game supporting him i know aj Dillon was okay for what aj Dillon <laughs> offered but i think the loss of bakhtiari is still being felt you know he's under pressure still a lot so 
they really need to figure out how to make Jordan Love a little bit more comfortable. I think using Romeo Dobbs like they did the last couple of games makes some sense. But don't drop him, but don't necessarily plan on starting him coming off a bye. And look, Watson had, you know, big play again. So he's starting, I think, to get healthier. That's that's to me, that was one of the most encouraging thing for the Packers coming off of this game was that you're starting to see Christian Watson look a little bit more like himself. And, you know, hopefully now he's 100 percent healthy. That's a big boost for fantasy managers. But Jordan Love struggled and, you know, really so did the the Raiders offense as a whole, aside from Jacoby Myers. I didn't like how Jordan Love's dot in the first half was under four yards. It's almost like the Packers wanted to come out and they assumed that it would be zone coverage against them. And so Jordan Love would just kind of dink and dunk his way. And then they come out in the second half and his, his ADOT's 11 yards. And that's higher than it was for him last week. And when you when you throw the ball deep like that, you're going to come down with some interceptions. And he was off target in a major way in the second half. Um, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they recalibrate over the bye week and what they do to try and change up their offense. Because the last two weeks, looking lost, I, I think it's very clear that Jordan Love needs something where he can feel a little bit more stable and more consistent. And I would imagine that Dobbs would be a big part of that. And I was really frustrated. Forget about fantasy. I was just frustrated that Dobbs really wasn't involved in the game plan, it felt like. Who would you rather have rest of season? Jacoby Myers or Garrett Wilson? Wow. <laughs> That's a great call. Um, I'm the Mark. trade chart is going to have Garrett Wilson ahead of him, but it won't be by that much. I'm I mean, going to take Myers. It's amazing, this breakout. The three games he's played with Garoppolo, he's had 10 or more targets in every game. He is absolutely mm-hmm. crushing it. Are we buying yeah. it? Yeah, for sure. He, I think you have to buy it. Sure. I mean, you got you got Devontae Adams also. We don't know the severity of the shoulder he's playing through. You know, kudos to him for being out there, but he clearly wasn't right last night. He almost what had a what about rest of season, Jacoby Myers or Jalen Waddle? I would Waddell. assume if the Dolphins' run game starts to stall, Jalen Waddle starts to really take off. So I agree. Adam ripped me off beyond belief <laughs> for that trade. Uh, you'll take Amari Cooper over Jacoby Myers. You'll take the Niners receivers over Jacoby Myers. Mike Evans or Jacoby Myers? Is that too obvious to take Evans? I would take Evans as long as he's healthy. Yeah, yeah same here. Okay. So we're we're kind of, okay. Let me give you I, one. I might more take Myers over Cooper, to be honest with you. Well, we don't know how long. If Deshaun's out, that's an easy one. But if Deshaun's back still, or you think those two are close? They've I been close, close, right? They're close enough that I would I would lean Myers. Yeah. Let's talk about Josh Jacobs real quick and then we'll get back to the waiver wire and the drop o meter. Josh Jacobs started in ninety nine percent of leagues and he came through. He just gets so much work. Five catches, scored the touchdown. Does anybody care that he is running, you know? I don't know if it's poorly, inefficiently, whatever you want to say. He had a, a great juke on Jair Alexander, had a 24-yard run, and, and still had a pretty terrible game as a rusher. Uh, do you just, you know, I guess, Jamie, you're, what do you do with Josh Jacobs? Start him every week. I mean, the volume is just hard to pass up. Five catches, he's being used in the passing game, you know, so that's been really great to see despite the fact, you know, we've always kind of said when one guy's been missing, that's kind of when his passing numbers have popped, and that hasn't been the case. You know, Adams and Myers have been healthy, so... I just think you got to just understand that Jacobs is not going to get a, it's not going to be aesthetically pleasing, but the numbers will be there in the end. There will be some aesthetically pleasing games coming up for him though. I mean, he plays Chicago so. in a couple of weeks, the giants. He looks terrible though. The, the, the operation looks terrible. He's just run, yes. running up the middle for two yards. Almost every play. He's pulling a mixin. Yeah. That's exactly what I thought. Except he's except he's scoring. Yeah, he's Joe Mixon with touchdowns and, ca- and more and catches anymore. and catches. Yeah, <sighs> drop o meter. Okay, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren going into their bye. Warren's droppable. Najee's droppable, but they're both going to be like right around five. I would not drop Jalen Warren at all, and Najee is a two. Okay, how about Jamison Williams? Four at most. Six. How many of the waiver wire wide receivers would you drop Jamison Williams for? Well, I mean, when you put it that way, then probably uh, at least the first four. Right. Yep. Okay. Uh, And how about Michael Wilson? One target. Two targets. Uh, I would hold. Uh, No, I think he's like a seven on the drop-o-meter. He's droppable. After one game, you're dropping him. You were so excited. I I know. I was excited about him, but... Maybe there's something else going on there that I wasn't privy to that made him stink. 
Well, I, I you're putting it on the matchup that he didn't get targets. Cincinnati took him away. Uh, we said that going into the game that they'd done very well against perimeter wide receivers. So Marquise Brown scored, but they did a great job on Michael Wilson. So I would hold. Well, I think every time you have a guy who's just really a deep threat at this point, you're going to have some ups and downs. I talk about that with Nico Collins. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just kind of what happens. Tyler Higby, uh, drop a meter. Seven. Uh, Tutu Atwell. He was interesting. You know, I went, I was going to put him in the drop list, and then he actually played, I think it was a season high in snaps. So clearly the targets were down. He went from basically nine targets a week to five. But I don't necessarily want to just completely punt on him for two reasons. One, what happens if one of those guys get hurt? He's still going to be re- really relevant. So he's he's definitely droppable for these other guys, for sure. You know, the, the players that you're picking up on waivers. But I wouldn't necessarily just drop him to drop him. So it depends on how many roster spots you have. But the fact that they kept him on the field tells me, like, they want to really spread teams out, and there'll be some shots. Plus, this week's matchup is fantastic against Arizona. Okay. And uh, let's go to the waiver wire again. I feel like I need to clarify some of the things I said here. So I'm getting crushed in the chat. wasn't really trying to criticize Josh Jacobs. I mean, this is what I was saying about Tony Pollard yesterday when Dan and Jacob were sort of expressing concern about Tony Pollard. It's like, I don't really care about Tony Pollard's avoid rate. (laughs) If you're going to get basically every touch at running back for your team, there aren't that many of those guys. Pollard's still that guy. Jacobs, he's not running that well. Okay, if it's his fault, the Lions' fault, I don't know, whatever. Of course, I'm starting him every week. I was just asking because really he hasn't had a very good season so far as a rusher, but he is getting it done in other ways. So there's that. And as far as the COVID thing, I didn't mean to make like some political statement about that. I was just wondering. I'm not going to tell anyone how to feel about COVID anymore. I don't don't care. So anyway, um, yeah, just wanted to address some of that. I don't know. Kind of catching me at a sensitive time. <laughs> uh, waiver wire. <laughs> uh, quarterbacks. Jordan Love and Kenny Pickett are on a bye. Anthony Richardson. It's going to miss this week. Daniel Jones might. Deshaun Watson might. So, uh, obviously, we've gone through a lot of this already. But Geno Smith you know, Geno Smith is uh, dropped in some leagues going into his bye. He has struggled. Who do you like better this week? Well, how would you rank these three guys this week? Geno, Sam Howell, Matthew Stafford. Stafford, Geno, Howell. And there's a big drop-off between Geno and Howell. I've got Howell over Geno. How Stafford at the top. Stafford's top 10. Let's go, Stafford. Do you like him? I know this week he's got Arizona, which is great. And then after that, it's Pittsburgh. But do you just like Stafford as a as a one-week guy, or are we feeling kind of optimistic about him moving forward? Oh, I think he's going to continue to be part of a very pass-heavy offense. And if you're if you're using him as a bi-week replacement, awesome. But you could also plan ahead with him as a bi-week replacement or a, a second quarterback. So he's more than just a one-week guy, in my opinion. Uh, okay, and then in terms of the waiver wire guys, we got Minshew. Where are you guys ranking Minshew this week against the Jaguars, who have been actually pretty bad against quarterbacks, and it's revenge game? Uh, Minshew is a top-12 guy this week. I would take him ahead of Geno Smith. I don't have him that high, but the week is young. <sighs> uh, Josh Dobbs, Tyrod Taylor, if he plays. Jimmy Garoppolo is another guy that you could take a look at. But not Derek Carr. Running backs. Have we talked about the waiver wire running backs yet? <laughs> uh, Rashawn Johnson, we love. You can also take a look at Zach Charbonnet if he's available as a great handcuff. Tajay Spears. And then you've got Amari DiMarcado, Deontay Foreman, Justice Hill, Samaj P. Ryan. Not a lot of enthusiasm for Samaj P. Ryan, Dave, earlier. You were like, yeah, Samaj P. Ryan. But he did lead the team in receiving, he had four catches. Uh, the Chiefs have actually been pretty good against running backs and pass-catching running backs, but uh, you would not consider him uh, usable this week, really, on Thursday? By week replacement running back at best, and someone I would put behind, Wilson, Foreman, DeMarcado, and Justice Hill. I think that's going to be my order for these running backs uh, when I go and set my waivers this week. Um, And then how about... Chuba Hubbard, Ken, Kendry Miller. Kendry Miller had 12 carries, but... Blowout. Yeah, most of it came in. Ha- handcuff for uh, Kamara. Yes, and his best play did come in the second quarter with a 33-yard reception. So I would not be surprised if that earns him some more opportunities. Okay. Uh, let's go to wide receivers then. And the shallow league guys are Palmer and Deontay. 
and then KJ Osborne. I mean, I feel like we did a very thorough job today. So let's see. Josh Downs. I know we did briefly talk about him, but he had a huge game. Six catches, 97 yards against the Titans. And then in week two? Three. Three. Uh, without Richardson, he had eight catches for 57 yards on 12 targets at Baltimore. Jacksonville's pass defense, like I said, hasn't really been that great this year. So uh, Downs, <clears throat> top 30 guy or 40? He's he's right there, top 30. You know, so um, it's it's a little bit of a risk, clearly, because, you know, his best games, again, have come with Minshew, and Minshew is starting, so that's the positive. The negative is... You know, is he going to be a Michael Wilson type of player and turn into a pumpkin just because everybody's starting to buy into him? So I, I would have a little bit more faith in Downs because I think his role is a little bit safer in how they'll use him. So certainly this is a big, big plus for him, big positive for him. So in this offense with what they're doing, you know, unless it's just a completely feature Michael Pittman type of game, I think we'll see some opportunities for Downs. But their tight ends are beat up. You know, Molly Cox is now, now dealing with an injury. Who knows at what point they start to get the run game going. That could be a problem, too. You know, if, if Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss are running through Jacksonville. But I think Josh Downs has the potential to be a number three receiver in PPR. Better in PPR than non-PPR. For sure. And then we got some stashes. We got Rashi Rice. We got Quentin Johnston. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Dave, how do you feel about that group? Rashi Rice, Quentin Johnston, JSN. I think I put JSN at the top of the list. I'm still a believer in his talent. Coming out of the bye week, Heath has talked about how teams will come out of the bye week and, and reutilize their rookie receivers or their rookie players, it doesn't matter what position, a little bit differently than they did before. So there could be a chance here where JSN takes off. The one thing that holds me back on Rice is that he played just 19 snaps. We need to see that expansion happen before we can really love Rice, but make no mistake, he's a stash. I would put him second and Quentin Johnston third. Yeah, I, I would take Rice first uh, based on what we've seen and how this offense is operating right now. And, you know, we just got through talking to Tom Spencer again, who's in the booth with Jim Nance and Tony Romo, and he talks to the coaches and the players before the game as part of the crew. Uh, they were very excited about Raj, Raji Rice. I think that's something that they're going to build off of. And you look at the other two guys. Johnson now has his opportunity, so I would take him over JSN. JSN, I think, is just going to need an injury for something to happen because – they're not taking those other two guys off the field unless they're going to change their offense, which that's not really a Seattle MO. Then I think it's going to be tough for him, but you definitely should stash him 100%. But rice right now has got the chance. Johnson has the chance. And then JSN just needs the chance. If he gets a chance, he's the best one, but I think it's going to take an injury. Okay. Tyler Boyd with Burrow looking more competent last week and Boyd getting his seven targets and doing very little with it. (laughs) Uh, what's your interest level in Tyler Boyd this week? Because he keeps getting seven to nine targets. He's got now, I think, four games in a row with seven to nine targets and four to six catches. It's he not had a, seven targets this week, you said? I thought so. I thought he had six for 39 on seven targets. So that's now 31 targets in his last four games. Yeah, that's really, that's good. I mean, I wish he was doing more with it, but... It's almost eight per game. Would you good. start Tyler Boyd or Josh Downs this week? Josh Downs, but I think it's it's worth keeping an eye on Boyd, because like you said, not only does Burrow look better, clearly, but you also have, we don't know when T. Higgins is coming back. And so I said this going into Sunday. I thought he'd have a little bit better yardage, but six day catches, I think, was was what I predicted for him. You know, and he's been getting eight targets per game prior. That was 24 targets over the last three games. So that's hard to overlook in PPR. Granted, the yardage sucks, but it's a pretty good floor. And when we're talking about 14 team league, 16 team league, deep 12 team leagues, that's a pretty good place to be. I feel like he's a PPR-only wide receiver, and if he's on your bench and you're not going to start him this week, he's got to buy next week, and then they play at San Francisco. And T. Higgins could be back by then. So I wonder if Tyler Boyd will be back to the waiver wire two weeks from now. He should be, but for, for the short term, yeah. Yeah, if you need him this week, use him. But I'd rather, I'd rather start K.J. Osborne, and of I agree course. on downs. I'd rather start downs. Of course. Uh, yeah, we got DJ Chark and Curtis Samuel on the waiver wire as, as uh, <clears throat> I don't know, desperation, but other names to know. I got a sleeper for you. How about Robert Woods if Tank Dell is out? Yeah, not bad. I mean, not the easiest matchups, but still. Yeah, he's got the Saints. Matchup, at least. And then what do you think? I know he I got I think that's hurt. where Dalton Schultz comes in more so than Robert Woods. Does. Okay. I mean, well, Woods actually had nine targets in week uh, in week five. Just was horrible. Um. Michael Gallup is another guy that I'm kind of interested in, guys. You know, he only had five targets, but Prescott only threw, I think, 24, 25 passes. I feel like he is becoming the clear number two wide receiver in this offense. If they get going, 
you might have something there in Gallup. I don't know how you guys feel about that. It's such a promising week too, because the Chargers have clearly been struggling defensively. So yeah. there's an opportunity here to buy into Gallup, but coming off this game and the way Dax looked, it's just it's fresh. Like I was looking at Dak, I was like, God, if, if he just would played better against San Francisco, this would be such a dream situation, and it still might be. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's a definite get right opportunity here for him, but it just feels like he's just absolutely lost at this point. Okay, tight end. I also think in terms of uh, in terms of Gallup, not to cut you off, but. There's going to be a squeaky wheel game coming for CD Lamb. Like that's one thousand percent due. He looks so frustrated, so frustrated every yeah. time they, the camera pans to him. He looks like he just wants to punch somebody in the head. And so <laughs> there, there's going to be, I think, something of, you know, you remember that playoff game where Troy Aikman was complaining about how they didn't use him. Yeah. Uh, when he was getting man coverage, like he's he's open. Dak's just not finding him. He's got to play better, certainly to 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 do whatever he has to do for Dak to trust him. If there's a problem there, but I think it's more just on Dak at this point. Like. Pepper him with targets. I think it happens this week. Okay. Tight ends. If uh, if Cole Komet, Zach Ertz, and Logan Thomas are all available, who do you pick up? Komet, it's not close. Agreed. Thomas would be second. That's yeah. the, my next question. If Zach Ertz and, and Logan Thomas or Dalton Schultz are available, how do you guys rank those three? Ertz is behind them. Ertz is definitely behind them, but there's there's clearly some appeal to him. What do you guys do with Hunter Henry at this point? 75% rostered. Uh, you leave the stream like you do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Exit Hunter Henry uh, against the Raiders. It's probably a pretty good matchup, though, for him. <laughs> but Yeah, they yeah I, did, I didn't put him in the drop list just because this could be a week where he has some semblance of production. But yeah. if you have Schultz, if you have Thomas, if Komet's clearly available, you're dropping Henry for all those guys. Like, the Patriots just stink. Yeah, they're bad. Tyler Conklin, Johnu Smith, and then there's Dawson Knox we talked about. It could... Have some sneaky appeal. Uh, Conklin gets the Eagles. Jonu Smith gets the Commanders, who I believe were very good against tight ends all of last year, early this year, and then they struggled against Cole Komet on Thursday. Uh, so, Jamie, give me give me your thoughts. Like, what are we expecting from Conklin and Jonu? I think you kind of know what you're getting. I mean, Jonu's been basically the the number one target for Desmond Ritter, um, even with. Kyle Pitts having a breakout game last week, he was still very productive. So I don't want to say he's a must-start tight end yet, but he's certainly approaching that level of of production. I would pencil him in for about eight PPR points. And then with Conklin, I think he's about six to eight as well. You know, you're seeing Zach Wilson lean on him. That was kind of the case last year with all the quarterbacks in New York. I know he's got still CJ Uzama and, and even Jeremy Rucker to deal with, you know, in terms of taking some snaps away. But you look at this receiving court for the Jets, it's Garrett Wilson, then, okay, maybe Alan Lazard, maybe Randall Cobb, maybe Tyler Conklin. So mm-hmm. he's behind Janu, but he's also still in the mix for a desperation play. Okay, and then the DSTs are the Falcons, Texans, Rams, Raiders, the Kickers, Kaimi Fairbairn, Blake Groupie or Group? I think it's Group. Okay, I thought it was Groupie, which that would be really right. cool because then I could be, you know, we could all be Groupies. Cameron Dicker and Jason Myers. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. You can still be group groupies. We could. You're absolutely right. Well, thank you guys very much. Great show today. And uh, we've got trade talk tomorrow. Heath will join us. Tweet me if you want defensive linemen. I wonder if we're going to get any tweets. What do you think? (laughs) This is going to be an interesting experiment. Yeah. Man, you know, I don't really feel well. I just want to say that the only thing that really got me going through today was just how good last night's game was. I just want to end on that note. You know, it's just like, it's just so charged up by what that was, dramatic finish. What, what was better, <laughs> watching that game or the end of the Hurricanes, George? Oh, come on. <laughs> I think that game gave me COVID somehow. I was, I was nice to Dave. I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything to you until now. I was trying to, I was, I was trying to be respectful. I just want to know that, I just want to know if, that was the most improbable win in the history of football because I think it probably yes. was. 
I, they, I mean, the games they, at one point were 100% to win. Yeah. I think it was the most improbable win, Georgia Tech over Miami, in the history of football. History of football? I don't understand. Like, I can I only think the, I mean, the, the Patriots-Raiders might have an argument. No. Uh, I, 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 maybe, but this was like the game they were going to win. Just take a Miracle of the Meadowlands? Yeah, that was the one that came to mind. Those two obviously came yeah, to mind. Yeah, or the, the, um, uh, the Titans game. But the, call thing, the, the thing about uh oh the hail, the uh the lateral thing, the, yeah, the, what, or the the Minneapolis miracle, yeah, but none of those were as improbable because even after Miami fumbled, I'm sure most of you know what we're talking about here. All they needed to take a knee, they would have won the game. Instead, they ran the ball, they fumbled, and then Georgia Tech went like 70 yards in three plays. That was the other thing; they had almost no time. They even after the fumble it was unbelievable that they scored and won. It was two seconds left, unbelievable, absolutely pathetic. One did you think? Did you guys think that seen. you lost when when they fumbled, or did you just think like, oh, what a dumb decision? Uh, no, I started to get nervous. It felt like the world was caving in on them. I said to my friends, I was like, we lost. I just uh, after the fumble, I was like, I'm just going to assume we lost, so I'm not going to get mad when we lose. Could you, could you imagine? Because you had said that. You had you had thought I don't know how briefly you thought about it, but about coming down to see the the Hurricanes game and then the Giants game. If you had gone to that, I thought about that. <laughs> yep, I thought I thought about that. It would have been a really crappy weekend. <laughs> well, I mean, it was anyway, but you would have been live to see it. Wow. All right. Anyway, uh, have a great Maybe day, you everybody. Gotten COVID. <laughs> yeah, would have given it to people. Um, no, maybe you wouldn't have gotten. I think I would have. I'm pretty sure this came from from kindergarten. Got, got to do. Bye, everybody. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.